You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio.
Where them I hit for? Where them I hit for? Where them I hit for? Talk them I talk and we no cater. See through your lies, you a faker. Backstabber, you a cheater. People quick can't slow me down. Grabbing a barrel can't hold me down. Never gonna take my ground. I'ma keep moving on. Can't slow me down. Grabbing a barrel can't hold me down. Never gonna take my crown. I'ma keep moving on. I'ma keep moving on. Sold, but they are not They smile in your face But they really wanna take your spot But they know they cannot That's why they wanna see you get shot They're full of blood and But it's on jealousy Closer, keep it true, friend them closer Man claim to them real, but them change over Happy circumspect, happy stay sober Can't sleep cause them money make your life over Closer, keep it true, friend them closer off of your shoulder Happy circumspect Happy stay sober Stay true to the one God to Jehovah Where them are here for Talk them and talk And we no cater See through your lies You a faker Backstabber You a traitor Friends see an occasion Time sweet Man I celebrate And then it get rough Them turn into Satan Never have your back For real and betray man Oh no Your words hold no weight with me no. If only you make believe See through it's play to see Bad mind separate from me Traitors are Satan send them I pray and them wants to make life end But me stick with me too from them Cause loyalty is the answer Hypocrite can't slow me down Grabbing a barrel can't hold me down Never gonna take my crown I'ma keep moving on Hypocrite can't slow me down Grabbing a barrel can't hold me down Never gonna take my crown. I'ma keep moving on. I'ma keep moving on.
them attack and we no cater. See through your lies, you a faker. Backstabber, you a cheater. Where them I hit for? Omaha different from New York are just incidental. The problem exists because white people think they're better than black people and they want to oppress us and they want us to allow ourselves to be oppressed. This is the big, I agree with you uh, perfectly. This is the basic problem. Then what do you that want white people uh, think they're better What's than I can others? Do? I can't solve the problem. You guys pull the strings at closed schools. You guys draw the boundaries that keep our kids restricted to the ghetto. You guys write up the restrictive covenants that keep us out of houses. So it's up to you to talk to your brothers and your sisters and persuade them that they have a responsibility. We've assumed ours for over 400 years, and we're tired of this kind of stuff now. We're not going to suffer patiently anymore. No more turning the other cheek, no more blessing our enemies, no more praying for those who despitefully use us. We're going to show you that we've learned the lessons you've taught us. We've studied your history, and you did not take over this country by singing we shall overcome you did not gain control of the world like you have it now by dealing fairly with a man and keeping your word you're treaty breakers you're liars you're thieves you rape entire continents and races of people then you wonder why these very people don't have any confidence or trust in you your religion means nothing your law is a farce and we see it every day you demonstrated it in alabama and i can say you because you're part of the whole system you profit from it in fact you make your living from it you couldn't walk around and talk to people, stand up in your pulpit on Sunday and preach nice little songs and say, now we're going to give thanks to the Lord for he is good and old Jesus be among us. As far as we're concerned, your Jesus is contaminated, just like everything else you tried to force upon us is contaminated. Mm -hmm. well, so you uh, can have him. And here's what I'll say. I wish you would follow Jesus like we followed him. Because if you did that, then we'd be in charge tomorrow. I think the problem is so bad that we can have no understanding at all. You think it's gotten to the point where there can never be that reconciliation? Then? No. You talk about justice, and it means one thing to you, and we talk about it, it means something else to us. Mm -hmm. And it'll always be that way. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd like you to know I have a terrible feeling against preachers, because I think you guys are the ones who are largely responsible for the problem in the first place. And you can accept it or not any way you choose. And for you, this may be an excursion, you know, in what, across what, the what line. What about the person that wants to listen? I genuinely feel that I want to listen. Well, if you listen and try to do something, you get kicked out of your church. See, that's, that's the way your people are. Well, we can make changes like that. So the changes that have come have been drafted. God bless you, little brother. Come back and see us again sometime. And don't look back in anger. Thanks for taking so, taking it so well. He thought he thought we were going to do in here like they do to us. If if we went in one of their places, everybody would have jumped out their chairs and got some ropes together and hung one of us. We couldn't even go in one of their places like this. Yeah.
Therefore, they will be resurrected first. We believe in the resurrection of the dead, but not when you're physically dead. When you stop breathing and your heart stop beating and that man stick you in the ground, that's all she wrote. You are not going anywhere. Your soul isn't going anywhere. Your body isn't going anywhere. Nothing is happening after that. When you're dead, you're done. That's it. You can forget it. Then if that's all of it, what about the resurrection? He says that our people are dead. Negroes are dead. Walking zombies. You're the one that the book is talking about who is dead. Dead to the knowledge of yourself. Dead to the knowledge of your own people. Dead to the knowledge of your own God. Dead to the knowledge of the devil. Why, you don't even know who the devil is. You think the devil is someone down inside the ground that's going to burn you after you're dead. Why, the devil is right here on top of this earth. He got blue eyes, blonde hair, white skin, and he's giving you hell every day. And you're still too dead to see it. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe that the 20 million black people in America in the last days will be taught the truth. The trumpet of truth will sound in your ear. And it's being sounded today, the trumpet of truth. And this truth strikes your ear and strikes your heart. It'll open your eyes. It'll open your ears. It'll make you stand up. It'll do the same thing for you that truth did for the dry bones in the valley. Because the picture of dry bones in the valley is talking about you. The picture of Lazarus laying dead four days is talking about you. You are Lazarus. You are the dry bones. You are the prodigal son. You are the lost sheep. You are the people about whom the Bible is speaking who will stand up in the last day when the trumpet is sounded. Black people are waking up. Black people are standing up. Black people are rising up and they're throwing fight into that knee-shaking white man. We believe we are the people of God's choice. That's what we believe. We believe we're the chosen people. We don't believe Jews are the chosen people. We don't believe Jews are the ones going to the promised land. We don't think Jews are a part of God. No, Jews are nothing but another part of that same race of devils that come out of Europe. They didn't even come out of the Holy Land. They come out of the caves of Europe. A Jew, a Frenchman, an Irishman, a Dan, all of them the same thing. A race of devils. They got different kinds. Germans, Irish, all of them the same thing. Just like you got a German Shepherd, an Irish Setter, a French Poodle, a Chihuahua, but they all dogs. We furthermore, we believe we are the people of God's choice. As it is written that God would choose the rejected and despised. And we can find no other person fitting this description in these last days more than the so-called Negroes in America. We believe in the resurrection of the righteous. We believe in the judgment. We believe this first judgment will take place as God revealed right here in America. Right. The judgment will take place in America. The resurrection will take place in America. The, the uh, uh, judgment will take place in America. The separation will take place in America. And the destruction will take place in America. Doom will take place in America. Doomsday will take place right here. This is the place the Bible is talking about. When the Bible mentions Babylon, it means America. When the Bible means, it mentions Sodom and Gomorrah, that's America. When the Bible mentions Egypt, that's America. This is Rome. This is Babylon. This is that wicked kingdom that God is going to come and set flame to in the last day. And you're living in that day right now. And I'm glad. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good. How are you? Doing awesome. 
All right, so let me uh, so we. All right, so you're listening to the forefront radio. I am Phil Levi, your host, and I wanted to ask a couple of questions from a medical professional in regards to Brianna Taylor, their thoughts on it, how do you feel about it? So we're going to start off with the first question: Who is Brianna Taylor? So Brianna Taylor was a young woman um, who was EMT. She was an aspiring nurse, um, which is the profession I have. And she was asleep in her bed. And the police issued a no-knock warrant. They burst down her door. Her boyfriend tried to protect the house, and the police ended up shooting. And Brianna was shot, I believe, eight times um, and unfortunately was killed. Um, when yeah, you say they, who are you referring to when you say they? They, meaning the police. The police. Okay. So the police department came in, bust down the door, accused someone of being there that wasn't there, and created a, a illegal search and seizure by busting through the door and basically shooting, not not even uh, saying that they were the police, not even talking about it, right? So as a medical professional, what are your thoughts on the whole Breonna Taylor situation? Um, I don't know if even, well, the fact that I'm a medical professional, just as a person, um, and as a so-called African-American woman, um, the, it's sad. She was asleep in her bed. I mean, she wasn't bothering anybody. She was asleep in her bed. Like like most of us do, all of us do at night. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any words really. Um, it's sad. Um, you know, everything that I've seen about who she was and how she was such a bright light and, um, you know, very well spoken of. She, um, you know, was a frontline worker, just like I am. She was trying again to be a nurse, just like I am. It just, it just hits ho- close to home. I mean, that someone can burst into your home in the middle of the night, um, and you try to defend yourself because you don't know who's coming through that door, um, and then ultimately lose your life for it. It's just, it's sad. Yeah, it is a sad situation. It's really bad. I kind of think about um, all the other cases of Black people that have gotten killed um, by police officers or police-involved shootings and also Black-on-Black crime and other things of that nature. Um, What strikes me about this situation is it wasn't a person that committed a crime. It was, you know, like blue-collar, white-collar person you know, middle-class person just trying to live their life and do their thing. But it shows that there's something they vastly wrong with uh, society where people think it's okay for individuals that are just doing a public service as a job to come in and bust through people's door and have the authority to kill basically without license, without any regard for life without due process of law, without, you know, it's like my, my comparison is 
like stormtroopers from the dark side of the force of Star Wars. You ever seen a Star Wars movie? Oh, yes. You know how like they got the stormtroopers and the Jedi and all of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my thoughts are, you know, the Jedi are the good people, which is the uh, chosen people, you know, and the bad guys are the dark side of the force, which is Esau's kingdom. They're doing all the negativity and they're uh, trying to oppress the people, even oppress their damn self. Like, I don't know if you saw that video, but there was a video where a couple of uh, uh, folks was outside their home when the cops had pulled off during a curfew situation. And they was yelling and screaming at them, hey, get inside, get inside. And they're just sitting there recording on their phone. And all of a sudden you have bop, 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 bop. And they're shooting out like rubber bullets at the lady and then she's like screaming. You ever saw that uh, video? I've seen it. And, you know, just to go back to your original point and what you were saying about Brianna and just others, like oftentimes the video to bring in um, any and everything that person has done, you know, all of us have made mistakes. You know, I've had a couple speeding tickets in my life. Hopefully that doesn't make me a bad person, right? So um, all of a sudden it's, oh, well, she used to date the guy who they were looking for. Or, you know, they come up with these things to somehow help by what they did. But in the grand scheme of things, whole big picture, it doesn't matter, okay? She was an EMT, she was an aspiring nurse. I relate to her because of those things, but um, it doesn't matter if she was an EMT or whatever. The fact of the matter is she was someone who was sleeping in her bed. They were at her house. The person was not there. As a matter of fact, the, the people that they were looking for had been picked up 10 hours previously and were already locked up somewhere, but they burst into her home and they took her life. And truly that's the bottom line. Um, so yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you consider that terrorism? Oh, absolutely. You think that's, I you consider it? In what ways do you consider that terrorism? I mean, think about it. So, um, there's no bigger terror or no, or, you know, form of being terrorized than to be in your own home asleep. I'm in my house right now, you know? And if some, you know, someone, God forbid, burst in the door. I mean, there's no bigger form of being terrorized than someone coming into your private space, your home, and taking your life for no reason. So, yeah, to me, um, you know, I mean, I guess I could look at the uh, formal definition of terrorism, but to me, there's no. F- better way to describe terrorism than that or being terrorized than that. Right. Safe anywhere. You're not even safe in your own bed. So you think uh, black people are being terrorized? Like black folks are suffering under terrorism in America and other parts of the world? So many. I've been a nurse for 13 years. Um, I started my nursing career in Atlanta, a place that's considered a chocolate city, right? And even there, um, you know, as I took care of patients, I could see, I guess what Esau calls disparities, but I could see the differences in how people who look like me were treated and other people were treated. For example, um, I often took care of post-op patients, right? And so uh, you would have two similar patients, you say two males, 
one so-called African-American, one so-called white, right? And they both had the same knee surgery, a knee replacement. The so-called black male or African-American patient only given Tylenol or really half the pain medicine of his white counterpart. And so in pain, um, and then I go to look to see, okay, sir, let me see what I can get for you to help ease that pain. And then I see that you only have Tylenol and ibuprofen. Meanwhile, your white counterpart has some Dilaudid for extreme pain and a little bit of Percocet and maybe even something that's scheduled routine. I say that to say that in that minor case alone, even though it, to the person who's had the surgery, it's not minor at all, but we're treated differently. We're, um, you know, there for the same surgery or procedure as our white counterpart, not treated anywhere close to how they are. Um, and then oftentimes I would call the doctor and bug them at night, say, hey, I need some more medication for my patient. Um, and with oftentimes getting a bit of pushback for it. But, you know, that is what it is, you know, driving down the road. Mm. You know, you're pulled over. Um, you can, I've seen, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen many videos where mm -hmm. a white woman is, mm. is giving the police the business. Right. 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 But, um, you know, a black woman simply asking why they were pulled over. The response is completely different. I mean, there are so many videos that I've just watched over the course of the last week mm -hmm. of children being thrown on the ground by the police. I think wow. 11, 12, 13 year old child being thrown on the ground and the police being investigated for that. I can't remember what city that is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now the uh, young man, Ray Shard in Atlanta, that mm -hmm. was that fell asleep in the Wendy's drive through. Um, but yet, at the same time, I've seen a video where there was a mentally ill so-called white woman who, uh, I mean, cursed the police up and down, talked about, you know, basically called them everything that she could. Mm -hmm. And they stood there and just had a conversation with her. I mean, we could take it a step further. Rayshard fell asleep in a Wendy's drive through Dylan Roof shot a bunch of people in a church. Uh, Rayshard left his situation unfortunately in a body bag mm -hmm. uh dylan roof left with a trip to burger king so i mean there are so many stories so yeah, many yeah that's definitely irony right i mean there's so many different uh different stories and instances that we've seen that show that we're terrorized we're disliked we're treat di treated differently um even in childbirth, mm -hmm. you know, the literature says, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's either three or four times a black woman is three to four times more likely to die during childbearing and childbirth than her white counterpart. Um, you know, and there are all these different thoughts as to why that is, but um, it boils down to you know, oftentimes the nurses and some of the other medical professionals don't necessarily believe or take seriously um, what this, you know, so-called black mother may be going through or exhibiting or, you know, they may act later. Um, but, yeah, there are, you know, there are stories that I've read of young women who mm -hmm. hemorrhaged to death after having their baby. 
So you're basically saying there's uh, disparities and a lot of uh, passive aggressive racism that happens even in the medical field? Absolutely. Talk about that. Uh, just the things that I, you know, I've, I've previously said, but so many instances, I mean, um, just patients that I've seen and it, it's, there's so many just over the course of my short 13 years as a nurse that I can think of that uh, my mind is reeling. But uh, one case that comes to mind is just um, a patient that I had again in Atlanta many years ago. She was a spine patient and um, the level of care that she received was so poor um, and ended up, the, the hardware that was put into her back ended up um, causing an infection. She got infected and she was, you know, they had to take it out. They had to put antibiotic spacers in. They were doing all these things. But over time, it looked like they had just given up on trying to fix this for her. Meanwhile, um, several months before that, I had a similar patient because sometimes, you know, these if they try to keep infection rates down, but these things happen. Similar patient. Um, and just in comparing the care of the two, it seemed like there were so many more interventions that took place for the so-called white patient as compared to this other patient who ended up in like this long-term acute care center mm -hmm. and um, whose outcome wasn't very good. So, I mean, there are all sorts of disparities, like I said, in, um, in childbirth, mm -hmm. you know, you can read literature on that and how, um, you know, the rates of uh, mortality for a black woman giving birth is so much higher than that of mm -hmm. a counterpart. Um, it, I mean, even in how uh, people who are treat people are treated who say have a drug problem, right? You know, you could have um, you know a so-called black person who there's no empathy, there's no let's get you treatment, there's more criminaliz it being criminalized right. as opposed to um, their white counterpart. Oftentimes, it's let's get you treatment. You know, it doesn't have to define you. Let's get you get your life back. Uh, so have you seen that in the medical field a lot, where uh, people that were uh, so-called minorities that uh, were affected by drugs or whatever um, come into your hospital or clinic or whatever and get treated differently compared to, you know, someone that was so-called Caucasian. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as far as them using drugs like, you know, prescription drug abuse, you know, uh, illegal drug usage, and they just kind of brush it off like, oh, you know, they're just having fun. You know, they're just, you know, have you seen that kind of behavior? Not necessarily like that they're having fun, but more, I'll give you an example. Um, years and years ago, had a patient who... Um, I guess secretly had a drug problem. She was a so-called white woman. She was in her early fifties, um, had a drug and alcohol problem. And um, she was a professor at a major university and she passed out on someone's lawn. Well, they didn't call the police for her. They called an ambulance and she ended up as a Jane Doe at the hospital where I worked, 
Uh, they finally figured out who she was because the hospital where I worked was very closely affiliated with the university where she taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was given the red carpet. I mean, they did everything they could uh, to help her. Um, on the other hand, a homeless gentleman who had a, a problem, he was called African-American. Um, and the interesting thing about that is I took care of the two of them on the same night. I remember, so when you, oftentimes you'll take care of someone who is like withdrawing from alcohol or drugs, they have what's called like um, uh, ETOH, which is the, like the chemical term for alcohol um, protocol. And so you follow that protocol in terms of how you give them medications and what you do and how often. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, and they were on similar protocols, but just the way he was treated and not by the so-called white nurses, even the nurses that looked like him, which is interesting. I remember I, um, I tried to stick him to put an IV in him. And I missed a couple times. And most places, once you stick a person once or twice, you go grab someone else to, um, you know, to attempt. And I remember going to the charge. And I was a pretty young nurse at that point. I'd only been a nurse maybe three or four years. And I'm going to the charge nurse and say, hey, I stuck this guy twice. I can't get it. You mind sticking him? And I'm like, oh, why are you coming to me about this? Just stick him until you get it. And I thought, wow. Uh, I mean, that sounds small, but it's painful. Right. Uh, and just the fact that you were just like, okay, just, and you just stick him until you, all the late, all uh, kid gloves. So, and, I, and not just, I've talked to many nurses who have seen the disparities. Um, yeah, even in how some nurses are treated. And where there was um, medication that was coming up missing out of our Pixis, the machine that holds the medication. And it was narcotic medication that wasn't accounted for. Mm. And when people started to speculate as the pharmacy was investigating what was going on with this, because oftentimes, I won't say oftentimes, but there are instances where it's not um, anything malicious it's where someone didn't do their math properly or they didn't go back in and what we call waste what they were supposed to with the witness, like these things happen. Um, But when people started to speculate, both the so-called black nurses and white nurses speculated that it was someone black, like the names that they were calling were mostly, you know, like travel nurses and other people, PRN nurses that were black. And I found that so interesting um, and when it was all said and done, in this particular instance, it was a so-called white woman, and she was diverting that medication and taking it home to a, her ill child. Um, and that's what she ended up saying. And she lost her job, and they, you know, went through everything the way they would have. But just the fact that everyone, those who kind of came up on the list, is who do you think it is? Who do you, who do you think? took this or messed up, most people called the names of people who were Black. And I just found that interesting. So even in a job situation where most medical professionals are thought to have integrity, they automatically 
assumed that the black person was responsible for stealing medications when in reality it was a Caucasian. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the way of society. Society is wicked as hell. <laughs> for lack of a better term, society definitely uh, puts uh, our face as the face of criminality, which is completely crazy and insane due to the fact that this nation was built on not voting, not uh, love your neighbor as yourself, but torture, murder, rape, uh, enslavement, colonization. And all these things. So, you know, going back to uh, the whole Breonna Taylor situation, you know, what do you think are uh, ways that uh, black women in the medical field and just black women in general can identify uh, passive aggressive racism as well as outright blatant racism? And what would what like advice would you give these uh, sisters? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I mean, I've seen it. I mean, I have been called the N word as a nurse by a patient. Um, you know, I have experienced, um, you know, sort of this little passive aggressive racism, little snarky kind of remarks where you're like, hmm, what's that about? Especially in regard to where I went to school. Um, you know, there are little remarks that I often get about, you know, where I went to nursing school and how I must somehow be very smart to be able to go there. I mean, just, but just the tone in which it's said, you can tell there's something behind it. I, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um, you know, I, I know that I've kind of, I deal with it on a situation by situation, case by case basis. Um, I don't know that there is one right answer. Okay. <laughs> so like, are there ways where, uh, like what you said with the uh, situation where they asked you what school you went to, um, are there ways where uh, black women can identify passive aggressive racism and passive terms that are used towards them to kind of uh, discern who's for them and who's not for them? Oh, I, I, I believe you can. I mean, I know I have. I think um, you can tell some things by the tone in which it's said. Um, you know, I've had, like I said, um, I've had people ask me, so where did you go to school? Just out of the blue, like, you know, I'm what we call getting report on a patient. So I'm standing with another nurse and she's telling me about the team of patients that she has that I'm taking for from her for a shift. Right. And as we're doing this, she's like, so where did you go to school? Where did that come from? Right. Um, and so just an honest question. You're just wondering for whatever reason. But um, sometimes the situation, the tone of voice and everything else, you can tell that there's something else behind it, um, whether it's just being nasty or uh, some sort of little passive aggressive racist something. Um, I don't know how to tell you to discern. For me, I could always feel when there was something else behind it. Okay. You know, I could, I could feel it. like, mm, 
that wasn't just a question or, you know, um, there was something more to that. Um, and sometimes it's so blatant that there's nothing to discern. It's right there in your face. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's, again, um, you just do your best to handle it, do your best to remain as professional as you can. Um, I've had to learn to walk that line of asserting myself and not being bullied for lack of a better word, but we're at, and at the same time still remaining professional and not letting anyone make me come out of character. So um, I would just say, you know, handle those situations to the best of your ability. I think our little radars go off when there's something more there, but don't let it make you come out of character. Um, just handle it the, the best that you can. Um, and if you need to get someone else involved, then do that. Very good tips. Hey, I just want to thank you for uh, participating in this interview um, where we discussed Brianna Taylor and passive aggressive racism. Um, and thank you so much for your input. I really appreciate it. So you're listening to the Forefront Radio. Thank you for listening, folks. That ends our uh, interview for today where we're talking about Brianna Taylor and the various things that affect black women in uh, today's society in America. If you like listening, subscribe, share. Share this with others on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other uh, platforms so the truth can get out there. We are God's chosen people, and uh, the truth is out there if you desire to learn more. Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. I'm your host. Have a good one. I'm from the tribes, I'm from the ride, I'm from the black cause they told me a lie, said I was black just to ruin my life, feeding me dope just to ruin the mind, they gave me two nations confusing the mind, they gave me the ghetto and giving me time, Like behind bars I'm in prison for living, cause up in these trenches is robbing and killing, said I'm a nigga but who was they kidding, learned I'm a king now with fringes and ribbons, great how it's war coming soon to the gates, for raping and killing off all the saints, I'm in the pain, no it ain't pain, they jealous cause my god got the black face, they mocking and acting like they really safe, Ain't no repentance for that red ape It's yeah. irons and chains for the other snakes chains. Always go hard, I never hit the brakes yeah. Stick to that law no matter what the stakes yeah. The kingdom is ours, I'm doing what it takes I'm from the tribe, I'm yeah. from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe I'm yeah. from the tribe, I'm from the tribe yeah. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe yeah. I'm from the tribe, I'm from the tribe yeah. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe yeah. I'm from the tribe, I'm from the tribe yeah. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe I'm from the tribe, confusing our minds We living in drama, the days of our lives I walk to the window and peek through the blinds Now what do you see? Come on, open your eyes I see that hatred, that envy and pride The remnant outside, he's teaching us lies He's forcing our hand to go commit the crimes Pulling the strings when I'm cutting the ties
eyes. Y'all know the vibes. Praise the most high. Cling to the script, cause the words make you wise. Endure to the end, keep your faith and you're fine. And if you look up, you'll see we on the rise. My friends is held down by a border of blue. Since I realized that we the elect. I'm grabbing eagles by the vein on their neck. I'm ripping eagle veins right off their neck. The other heathens getting chains on their neck. It's like cane on their neck. This smackdown gonna be raw when I climb up the top. Bro, jump off, drop my elbow right on their chest. Yeah. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the tribe. I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe. I barely ever get rest. It's like I work to pay bills. My people are still saved. We the kids of the prison cells. Children starving while being sad. So they feed them a heavy meal. Meanwhile, it's toxic. Like the air we breathe. Camp trails, they feed us rice that's plastic. And they bring us AIDS like magic. Johnson, gang wars up in Compton. Murder rates and skydiving. That's body dropping. I swear these nations is blind. And Red Sea is nothing. Like shortest person in line. They frontin', we illuminated, we were never the same Besides blood running through our veins It's crazy how we went from wearing chains to being a chain Curse! I'm from the tribe, I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe I'm from the tribe, I'm from the tribe I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe I'm from the tribe, I'm from the tribe I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe I'm from the tribe, I'm from the tribe I'm from the, I'm from the, I'm from the tribe